Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 51. I'm Michael John Simpson. And I'm Kitty Brown, back from Wasteland Weekend. This week, it's just the two of us. Kitty regales us with tales from the wastes and the return to normality. Michael talks about L.A. Podfest. And we talked about current TV shows, books, Lost Angels, and Halloween. Witness me! Here's Episode 51 of the Something Something Experience. Yeah, that all went out the window afterwards. I've just been eating, like, burritos and, like, vegan pizza and all this stuff. But, like, yesterday, after, like, some curly fries, I, my body was just like, no, no, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, like, you're done. Junk Back food binge is over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was a little bingy this weekend myself, but... Hmm. I was off the exercise for a couple weeks because of my back, but that, that, oh, finally, that finally went away, and um, I've been back into it. Yesterday we went on a six-mile hike. I saw the photos. Clara Placerita Canyon. That was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see as much wildlife as I wanted to. We saw a fair amount of ravens, and um, uh, at the end we saw a bunch of woodpeckers, and I only saw like one big, ginormous squirrel. <laughs> There's only room for one kitty on the podcast. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't see as much wildlife as I expected. I think we heard... I couldn't tell... Kid, shut up. Shh. I couldn't tell if we were hearing crickets or frogs. It, it was probably... I, I think it was not, not wet enough out to be for frog to, you know, for frogs to be out. Yeah. But, so it was probably crickets because it was when the sun was going down a little bit and there were some shady parts in the canyons, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can just tell yourself it was frogs. No one will know. He was elephant. <laughs> That's what it was. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Um, so, how was uh, how was your weekend? Your oh Wasteland my god, weekend? Wasteland weekend was amazing. It was it was perfect. It was everything I wanted, and then some. Like I, I'm having a hard time adjusting to the real world. Like That's what I, a lot of people say like, about Burning Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's hard being back here in Los Angeles yeah. afterwards because like. Well, and I know I mentioned this to you at the clubs, but, like, one of the most jarring adjustments was, like, you know, dealing with, like, creepers and cheds back here in the real world. Because at Wasteland Weekend, like, not one single person for the entirety of the event from, like, set up on Wednesday to, like, you know, haul out on Sunday touched me without my consent. Hmm. Not one person. And nobody said anything lewd. Nobody said anything about my body. Like, I got a lot of compliments. Like, you're rocking that costume, or you're beautiful, or you look great. But, like, there was nothing dumb, like, you know, I hear on the regular, like, out in the real world. Like, oh, nice tits, you know, or, like, that ass, or something dumb like that. So, that's been an adjustment. But, like, there's such a strong sense of community. There's such a strong sense of family. Like... Even when I didn't know someone, like, you know, <laughs> um, I'd be I'd be introduced to someone by my tribe mates, and then I'd hang out with them, and they'd be like, oh, come join our family, and that's, that's totally how it is. There's such a strong sense of community out there, and everybody looks out for everyone, so cool. it's great, and I'm, I'm really grateful for all the friends that I met, and like cool. all the experiences that I had, and everything, so, cool. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so... Uh, well, I mean, you said you have a bunch of stories, so yeah, tell stories. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so the first thing I did was um, on Thursday I went to the Gladiators, like, pit fighting workshop. And, like, one thing about the Gladiators is they're nuts. <laughs> like, um, they have a bunch of steel pipes that they wrap in, like, a little bit of foam and, like, a sheet and some duct tape. And then they have homemade armor. And when I got in there, you know, I was hitting it, like... Maybe, like, half strength, because it's like, you could still hurt someone. It's a fucking metal pipe, you Mm -hmm. know, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, they're egging me on. They're like, hit him harder, hit him harder, hit him full force. And I was just like, I don't want to legitimately hurt him. And they're like, you can't. He's wearing armor, you know. And they're, like, encouraging me to, like, hit for his head. And I'm like, okay, yes, he's wearing homemade armor. And I get that you have a lot of faith in your homemade armor. But, like, even if I just, like hit his head, like, a little too hard, like, that could be a concussion. Right. You know? That's, like, a big deal. Um, 
So I got in there, and I fought with them a little bit, and they were like, are you comfortable putting on some armor and having us hit you? And I was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Um, But they let me get in there and and fight against another guy. Like, he wasn't allowed to hit me. He could just Mm -hmm. block. Um, So I hit him, and again, the whole time, they were just like, hit him harder, hit him full strength, he can take it, blah, blah, blah. And, like, literally his armor was made out of, like, license plates and, like, a car door and like he had a metal helmet I couldn't tell like what reused material it was made out of but Mm. it was always just like hit him in the head and hit him harder and like as much as I like sparring as much as I like combat sports like I don't want to send anyone to the hospital. Right. Like, I don't think my, my conscience could, could handle that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're insane. They're all SCA guys and they put a lot of faith in their armor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was explaining to someone uh, out at the club. I was like, yeah, they put a lot of faith in their armor and they want you to hit hard and they're SCA guys. And he was like, all you had to say was SCA Mm, and we we get it. Yeah. 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 Well, and that might be a reason enough to hit them harder. <laughs> true, true. Well, the other weird thing, too, is, okay, so Wednesday night um, was set up, and after we finished, my tribe mates got me ridiculously drunk, meaning mm-hmm. they gave me two and a half drinks. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm a featherweight. And uh, they gave me my wasteland name, which is Valkyrie. So when I got into the gladiator pit... You know, they're like, oh, what's your name? I was like, you know, Kitty, my wasteland name is Valkyrie. And they're like, no, no, you have to earn your wasteland name from us. And I was like, what? No. Like, I passed my initiation with the tribe. They got me drunk. They went through all the trouble of giving me this name. Like, just call me Valkyrie. And, like, the whole time they wouldn't. Like, they kept calling me Purple Thunder. And I'm like, that's dumb and (laughs) not as cool as Valkyrie. Like, what the hell, Mm. you know? So, yeah, but they were, like, directly across from our camp, and they were they were good neighbors, you right. know? Um, just, yeah, I, I heard from uh, my tribe mate Dave that, like, I think it was 2013 or 2014, uh, two of the actual gladiators were going at it, and they were fighting, and then one guy went down, and the other guy, like, his opponent kept hitting him while he was down, to the point that, like, he smashed his face in, like, there were pieces of his armor, like in his face so Fuck. yeah when i say that they're insane like i mean that they're insane yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you were asking us at the club why we wouldn't go to wasteland and I'm like mm-hmm. that's one of the many reasons i don't i don't yeah. get on i don't dig on watching people beat on each other and yeah. the whole kind of survival in the desert thing doesn't mm-hmm. purely appeal to me that yeah. much i mean I, I like to go camping and mm-hmm. and you know and i'm definitely not a glamper I will camp. I have camped in primitive sites and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Colorado, so I've camped in snow and, and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. but the whole survive in the desert, the dust, the heat, and the, you know, the blood and the blah, blah, it's just not my thing <laughs> yeah. at all. So well, that's mean, just not my, it's not my uh, dorkdom, as uh, yeah. Jackie Cation would say. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to fight with the gladiators, you don't have right. to get in the pit. <laughs> but and still. like, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, what I really wanted to do was fight in the Thunderdome, mm-hmm. um, because Death Guild is a bit more up on their safety. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, they'll, they'll stop a match if things are getting out of hand, right. um, and they also have two medics on staff, mm-hmm. at least, like, the whole time that I oh, saw I would, fights I would imagine the they have to have quite a few medical types out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of my tribe mates is an EMT, so, mm-hmm. like, the whole time I was there, he was looking out for me, and he did a volunteer shift, so, like... You know, he was also working the event, too. But, I mean, actually, in the Thunderdome, like, Death Guild has their own medics who just hang out there. So any matches in the Thunderdome, like, they'll give people a once-over and Mm -hmm. stuff. At least, like, all the matches that I saw. And, like, I was always doing a Thunder Lap to check stuff out over there. But, yeah, like, I, I saw them. Like, they have a stick with a skull on it to, like, start the matches. They'll put it down. And then to break it up, they'll start waving it around. Yeah. And then, like, you know, people from Death Guild will start pulling everyone apart. So, like, next year I definitely want to do that. Because, again, they're they're a little more up on safety and, and stopping things when they need to be stopped. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the problem is, like, I wanted to fight in there this year, but you had to sign up online. Ah. But funny enough, a friend of the show, Andrew, said, like, <laughs> oh, you could have signed up on site. Like, some people were doing that. And I'm like, you are fired for not telling me that yeah. during the event. Like, how dare you? 
So I imagine you saw pro- probably quite a few people we know. Andrew yeah, and Heather and uh, yeah. uh, Brian and Alyssa were out there. Um, um, I didn't see Brian and Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might have been just because their costumes are so intricate and they were probably covering their faces. You probably saw his car, though. His car yeah. is pretty... Uh, the Beast is pretty uh, Yeah, pretty there were there were a lot of amazing art oh, cars. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, like, everybody's so creative with them, mm-hmm. too. You mm-hmm. know, like, there are some that are, like, perfect replicas from, like, Road Warrior mm-hmm. or, like, Fury road and stuff like that and then there are other people doing their own thing sure. which is really cool too yeah. um like somebody in wendy's camp had uh, the jeepers creepers which is a jeep that they decked out they put like you know giant poles on each end oh that yeah would with swing the, right, yeah cool but instead of like being boomsticks they had skulls on them mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that um and i took some pictures in front of uh a replica car from borderlands that uh the pirates of the air and sea had brought with them cool so cool. Yeah. What was the thing with the the wheel, the contest wheeler? Oh, at the casino. Um, so first of all, I have to explain. Uh, Wasteland Weekend doesn't have a liquor license, so the way they get around that is they give out booze for free. Mm-hmm. If you show up with a cup at like the Last Chance Casino or the Atomic Cafe, and you're just like, I would like some alcohol, they'll give it to you. Like here you go. Is there you kind know? of a bartering system, kind of like at uh, at? Um uh, Burning Man, or or, or not? Um, really. Actually, they don't have a barring system. Man, more like a pay it forward type system. Yeah, or? yeah. I mean, both of uh, the things are run by donations. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, donate a bottle of liquor and then drink the entire weekend. Like my camp, I think we gave them a bottle of tequila and a bottle of rum. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I know this year was the first year you had to check in your donations with security, mm-hmm. and they were a little more stringent about that before you could just show up at the cafe and be like, here you go, you know? Um, but the event's grown a lot. Mm. I think with the popularity of Fury Road and everything, mm, sure. like a lot more people are coming out. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So liquor fr- flows from the streets just freely. It's it's everywhere. You can get alcohol anywhere. Um, Andrew also like was very generous, and every time I stopped by his camp, he'd give me some alcohol. And I've since discovered that I love Fireball. Oh. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> it's it's delicious. It tastes like like big red. Yeah, right? I'm not a I'm not a fake cinnamon fan. So uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't do red hots or you know, any of that stuff. So <laughs> he gave me some, and I immediately just turned into like a little kid with like a cup of cocoa. I was like, oh my god, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so one of the things at the casino is uh, the wheel. And the wheel has a couple um, different things on it. Like you spin it and, you know, you could get like a brand new car and they'll give you like a Hot Wheels car or like 10 bottle caps because bottle caps are the currency out sure, there. Sure, sure. Um, That's more like a fallout thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's was a there, lot of fallout. Okay, I was going to say, is, is there, there's probably some fallout crossover since it's very kind of similar to that Mm -hmm. well there was um there's a lot of fallout cosplayers there's a couple nuka cola vans driving around and stuff like that so yeah yeah cannot wait for fallout 4 coming out in like four weeks i think something like that yeah everyone was stoked about it yeah yeah, (laughs) very much looking forward to that Yeah. yeah So there's those things on the wheel, and then there's the more, um, I guess, touchy-feely sort of scandalous things. Like, there's butt pats, (laughs) which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, There's shot in the mouth, where they will fill, like, a super soaker with alcohol and shoot it into your your mouth. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) There's lick it. There's, I think, like, touch it or or something like that. Um, There's take it off. Uh. Yeah. Um, and one of the interesting things about the entire event is that women could be as naked as they wanted, but you're not allowed to hang dong. So that was interesting. Cool. No shirt cocking. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I support so, that. <laughs> so, you know, like, again, women can be as naked as they want, but there was no dick. Um, unless, of course, you were at the casino and you landed on Take It Off, then and then you... you had to streak around the casino. Right. So that was the only time, like, there was, you know, free-flying penis anywhere (laughs) but uh yeah um i think the wheel was weighted (laughs) because three times that i spun it i got butt pats Uh but again like you know they're very big on consent and there's a giant sign next to the wheel that's like get consent before you do anything like ask consent 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 you know so like when I got up there and it landed on butt pats, they'd be like, do you want a lot of people touching your butt? And because I was drunk, I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think my favorite was there was um, 
you know, police and firemen from the local city, and uh, somebody convinced one of the firemen to spin the wheel, and he spun it, and it didn't land on butt pats, but the girl working the wheel just turned Turn it, it to butt pats yeah, yeah. because the house always wins. Right, right. And, you know, they, they asked him, like, do you want a lot of people touching your butt? And immediately it was just this wave of women, like, touching this fireman's ass. And he walked away, like, red as a lobster. <laughs> it was great. Cool, cool. Match the fire truck. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, so what else? Did you uh, make a lot of new friends? And Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like I, I feel like I have a new Wasteland family. That's you know, cool. everybody was so accepting. Like, you know, there's, there's my people in the goth scene and there's that tribe. There's, you know, people that I know from art school and now I have this, this new family and this new tribe of like Wastelanders. So that's really great. Um, I'm trying to think of what else happened. Oh, Three Teeth played an amazing show. Okay. They played Saturday night, and um, after the show, Wendy and I were talking to their guitarist, and he was really nice. But yeah, so the pit is basically a giant fire pit, and they set up a sound system and a bunch of speakers, and they just play EBM industrial and noise all night. So it's like malediction, but out in the desert and around a fire, and it's it's amazing, like dancing by a fire, seeing all the stars, seeing the moon. It was like, I I hate to sound like a hippie, but it was like a really like magical, like mystical sure, experience, sure, you yeah, know, yeah. like just, just dancing out there in the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty common thing that, you know, I've heard, I've heard that a lot about, about Burning Man as well, that there's this sense of kind of like intangible connection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So Wendy and I were at the pit for a while, and then, um, oh, Danny Graves of Aesthetic Perfection was DJing the pit, by the way, Um, and, like, he would play, like, EBM and Industrial, but, like, everybody knows that he likes really bad techno, Mm -hmm, so he'd, mm -hmm. like, spin some of that, you know, or, like, he'd spin, like, uh, mashups or or things like that, so it it was a really interesting set. Like, at one point, he played the Ghostbusters theme, and then Thriller, and then, like, uh, Melt With You and stuff like that, <laughs> you know? But, again, I just, I wanted to dance. Yeah. Um, so, after that, um, they closed down the pit at 3 a.m., I went over to the Dukes of the Nukes camp, because they were still partying hard and playing music. Mm-hmm. And while I was hanging out with some friends, um, the lead singer of Three Teeth, he came up to me, and he was like... I know you, but I don't really know you, but I wanted to tell you your costume and your makeup look awesome. And I was like, oh my gosh, thanks. And then he was like, do you have a cigarette? And I was like, no. And he flittered off into the night. So that was another cool experience that I had. Um, And, you know, like I I put a lot of effort into my costume. I was constantly talking about like, oh my gosh, Wasteland player, blah, blah, blah. So that was nice. Um, And one thing I do have to say is like, when you have people at the casino telling you your makeup is always on point, how do you do that? It doesn't matter if it's day or night. Like, your makeup is always on point. Like, my secret was Urban Decay setting spray. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, wasteland tested, kitty approved. Like, it, it did keep my makeup on through the heat, through the sweat, the dirt, everything, you know. So if anybody is looking for... The way to keep makeup on your face. I will swear by Urban Decay setting spray. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, so, have you been doing much since... I mean, I know you were kind of uh, just in total get-ready mode the week mm-hmm. uh, week or so leading up to... Um, uh, I wound up putting up five episodes between the last time yeah. you were here and, and now. So Yeah, well, because um, you were at PodFest right. and you got, like, Greg Proops and uh, Mark Maron. Yeah. I talked to him. I saw, met Mark Maron. I didn't get him on the podcast. Oh, you didn't? But okay. No, it was uh, Wayne Fetterman, Greg Proops, Jackie Cation. Um, and then uh, uh, I talked to the, the, the one I put up before those three. Uh, the main episode was, like, an hour and a half combo of a mm-hmm. uh, compilation of, of uh, podcasting with... Uh, other independent podcasters. So that was really cool. The thing I really liked about it was that, uh, there's that sense of community there as well. Mm -hmm. And the, the, for the most part, the, the podcasting community is pretty, pretty kind, pretty not, you know, it's pretty decent. Um, there's not a lot of competition. And I think the thing is, you know, there's, because there's pretty much basically only three people in the world making money off of podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Adam Carolla, uh, Joe Rogan and maybe Mark Marin. Yeah. Um, but other than that, 
nobody's really making money off podcasting itself. People have sponsorships, and that basically mm-hmm. just kind of keeps them going. But in terms of earning a living, there's only pretty much only three people doing it. So mm-hmm. that takes the competition factor out of it. Yeah. And it really is, because the internet is basically infinite, there's, mm-hmm. there's room for absolutely everyone to do their thing, their way, and do whatever they want. Yeah. Well, one, uh, one thing. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say I like that it's a community of solidarity rather sure, than you sure. know uh, everyone in competition with right, each other. Right. There's a lot of podcasts about other podcasts. I discovered. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Mark Mark Hershon uh, Succotash. Mark Hershon's been uh, in um, comedy and improv and stuff for 30 years, and he's been doing uh, Succotash for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he basically reviews comedy podcasts and he mm-hmm. started with all the big names and then yeah. he's been kind of just going down the list. There's 250,000, uh, comedy podcasts alone on, on mm-hmm. iTunes. And so he just picks a random sampling and three or four more ones more and, and just reviews them and puts them online and, and oh, wow. uh, does little snippets of them and reviews of them. Yeah. And he also writes for the Huffington post comedy, uh, page, I think comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so but there's a lot of people out there just reviewing or talking about other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But then there's a lot of people that have their kind of like niche things. There's a lot of uh, other... I was expecting to see a lot of other podcasters or, or learn about other podcasts that were kind of like ours, which is, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of a general uh, media culture type yeah. thing. Yeah. But a lot of them send, tend to kind of center or focus in on one thing. The best mm-hmm. thing about it was the way that conventions work... Um, you know, for the longest time, up until about 10 years ago, conventions were a place where the wall between consumers and producers kind of came down. Yeah. And you could kind of meet your heroes and, and have a little connection for five minutes mm-hmm. or whatever, or for a week, over a weekend, and see people live and that sort of thing. Yeah. But now with, the, with Comic-Con exploding as it has, that wall is up all the time now. Yeah. And at the PodFest, the wall comes back, mm-hmm. it's still coming down. So it's nice because you, I got to meet so many people. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, like, to get back to Wasteland Weekend, like I said, this was one of the biggest years that they had on record, and I'm sure, you know, that has to do a lot with, like, Fury Road and more people finding out about the event and stuff. But um, some of the veteran wastelanders were complaining, like, oh, there's too many rules now. Like, bro, you used to be able to, like, do this and that, and, and now you can't. And, you know, like, why do we have to do this? And da-da-da. Like, I mentioned that, you know, they were checking um, the liquor donations, like, rather than being able to just go take them to, like, the casino or the Atomic Cafe, you had to take them to security, and, you know, security would give them a once-over. Right. But, you know, I I think it's just a growing pain. Like, any time you get, like, an event that's getting bigger and bigger, you know, like the way Comic-Con did, like how Wasteland is becoming bigger, I think you do need... Yeah. Burning Man used to be a lot less restrictive as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you need those rules to keep everyone safe. Yeah, you have to maintain some sense of order, and you have to... Even though the spirit of the thing is really kind of a sense of the purest form of anarchy or mm-hmm. utopian type thing right. where you're, everyone has a personal sense of responsibility, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, human yeah. beings in groups, human beings are into on a one-on-one basis are great, but in yeah. groups, things, yeah. things get muddled yeah. and, and people are, you know, take on less responsibility yeah. themselves. And again, like, I personally had a great experience, like, nothing happened to me, but coming home, like, I, I heard some things, like, there was um, one girl who posted that, like, while she was out, somebody broke into her tent and, like, wrote some lewd things on her girlfriend's bra, you know? And, like... Everybody, you know, on the forums, like, when this happened, had the reaction of, like, oh, once we find him, we'll have him drawn and quartered, or he'll take a long walk in the desert and never come back, and da-da-da, you know? So, like, again, there's that sense of community, but this is still the kind of stuff that happens. Like, even if, you know, 90% of the people there are great and they get it, like, there's still, like, that, you know, small handful of douchebags. Right. Um, but I do have to say, like, security handles everything, like, really quickly, and they take it seriously. And again, like, the entire event is super huge on consent and, like, treating people with respect, you know, and, yeah. like, being accepting and stuff like that. But, again, it's it's a growing pain because more people are finding out about it, you know, you're getting, like, 
that handful of douchebags who show up well, right. and plus, promptly plus get kicked out. When you get the, the the mainstream people, they're coming out of some other sense of other than not necessarily the spirit with which it's intended mm-hmm. or which was which the event with which the event was created. So you get you're going to get people showing up who don't get it. It's like the it's like the the super rich people who take their RVs out to Burning Man. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, it's nice that you can afford to come and play out in the desert for mm-hmm. a week but and live in comfort and have an air-conditioned RV, right. but that's not really what it's necessarily supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. We'll welcome you and we'll allow you, you know, we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we welcome you and you, you well, it's great for I you heard, to come and out and have a good time. But I heard the big problem with those venture capitalists is like they'll come out in their RVs, you know, and they'll pay people to set up for them and do all of that. And like, that's not what the burners have a problem with. The problem is that they'll throw like private parties that you yeah. need wristbands right. to get into. Right. And they, they try and keep like to their own. Yeah. And they're exclusionary, which is, you know, from my my understanding, you know, goes against the rules of Burning Man. Like, it's supposed to be inclusive rather than exclusive. Right. Um, I didn't really notice any anything like that, you know? Like, there were there were no, like, venture capitalists or, or tech assholes or anything like that. But I did notice some kind of, like, frat boys. And, and you can pick them out in the crowd really easily because they all have, like, terrible costumes that, you know, they threw together at the mm-hmm, last mm-hmm, minute. Mm-hmm. But, um... I was hanging out by the Thunderdome and, you know, three of those frat boys were, like, just making, like, awful comments on girls' bodies, like, rating them and stuff like that. Like, oh, she has nice tits, but, you know, her face, like, isn't that good, blah, 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 you know? And after about, like, three or four minutes of that, like, some of the other guys who were just hanging out at the Thunderdome were like, dude, shut the fuck up, you know? Like, stop it. You're being a dick. So, again, there is that, that sense of community kind of regulation a yeah, little bit, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, again, security takes everything very seriously, and they have no problem kicking people out right. if they're not, you know, playing by the rules or keeping things on the up and up. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. cool. I can't wait for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to PodFest next year, so um, already planning on going to that. Um, um so, um, so you've just been kind of in whirlwind mode for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the week leading up to Wasteland Weekend was prep. Um, and because my camp was in the inner city, everything had to be in theme. Mm-hmm. And like having seen the difference between camping in the inner city and camping outside the city gates, I will always pick camping in the inner city because all of the stuff like the, the girl who, you know, had her girlfriend's bra written on that happened outside the city gates. And, and I get why like security can't be everywhere and there's more security inside the city than out, you know? But, um, the thing is if you camp in the inner city, your camp has to be interactive and everything has to be in theme. So like I couldn't just show up with like a normal tent. Like I, I ended up covering my tent in burlap and like some tarps that I painted to look like distressed and moldy. And like I spray painted and like, you know, put in like kind of, you know, grungy, but nice typography, no quarter given. So that was like the first thing you see on my tent, you know? And then, um, the rest of the camp was super in theme. Uh, my tribe mates had two domes that, you know, they just built and mm-hmm. like those were covered in burlap and like sewn on pieces and things like that. And like we had to be in costume the whole time. So like it's a little more intense, but I think, you know, the benefits out, outweigh the, the right, effort. Right. And like this isn't something I mind. Like, right. you know, I, I would have wanted to have been like immersive and that in theme the entire time I was going, whether or not I was inside or outside the city. Mm-hmm. But that's just, you know, something to keep in mind. Like, cool. you know, if if anybody's thinking of going, like if you apply for a camp in the inner city, like your shit has to be in theme and on point right. the entire time. Right. <laughs> the thing you said about about the, the effort and, and being in theme and kind of being in the spirit of it, it reminds me of, uh, I went to Lost Angels last weekend. Oh, um, yeah. You had just gotten back from Burning Man and wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't able to go. But I went and I, I is one of those things where I've been wanting to go, but mm-hmm. because of the nine to five thing, I've been wanting, I've been avoiding going out and doing things on a yeah. Sunday night. And you after we had great, by the way, thank you. After we had <laughs> Victoria on the podcast, I'm like, okay, I have to, I want to go to there. I have to do this. And I don't yeah. care. I, fuck it. I will be, I'll be tired. And yeah. I was, and it was fine, but I survived it. And, but I went and it was, uh, it was a little sparsely attended because there was a, I think there was a front two, four, two concert that night. Yeah, and a there lot was, of people had, there was front two, four, two. A lot of people were getting back from wasteland, wasteland. weekend. 
and you know there was also like another club there was another going club. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was. Uh, have, have you been to Los or uh, to I Los Angeles? Been yet. I, I highly recommend it. We're going. Yeah. We're going for the Halloween uh, thing on Halloween night. There, oh, okay. There's a, a Halloween. Uh, 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 oh yeah, uh, Rise of the Race. Rise of the Race, and yeah. We're, yeah, we're definitely going to that. We're looking at um, digging out our old uh, LOJ uh, kind of Victorian wear mm-hmm. and kind of ghosting that up, you know. Nice. Um, but the it was one of those things. I went, and it was uh, it the, the aesthetic of it, it. It was like being in the middle of. Well, it's pretty much exactly what Victoria said. It's like an interactive theater experience yeah. where people are like, even the people you know, you kind of go up to them to talk to them and they act like they don't know you and they, <laughs> and, and they act like they're in character and, and mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. And, um, so it made me want to kind of be in character as well. Yeah. And I kind of walked in and did my own thing and, um, I wound up, I, I worked with Danny on throwing together this outfit because I didn't know what I was going to do, and we tried mm-hmm. on a few things, and then we're like, "Okay, 80s. dude, that was some like Lost Boys realness." Yeah, it was I, awesome. I wound up with <laughs> something that I was really very, very happy with, and got just oceans of compliments on it. And I yeah. was not expecting that at all. I was expecting mm-hmm. to be just like whatever. And I just happened to have this jacket from night that I got in 1985. <laughs> so this actually, old, like authentic, yeah, the Storm Rider. <laughs> With that, I had a friend of mine draw the opening scene from The Hunger on the back of it, nice. and it's like '80s vampire. It all just kind of works, and yeah. I didn't. I tried to put on my old vampire teeth that I had, my custom vampire teeth that I had made when I moved to LA 15, 17 years ago, mm-hmm. and they practically cut my mouth up because they they didn't fit anymore, <laughs> and they're all yellowy. My teeth are a lot whiter now than yeah. they were before. So, well, where does one get? Custom there's all kinds of people that made. There's a guy, and I don't know if he, I'm sure he's probably still around. But there was this I guy named. This there was this guy named Gavin that <laughs> a lot of people knew, and I got. He it was back when I was going to Fang Club uh, mm-hmm. when I first moved here, and I got custom teeth. I think he did them for like eighty, eighty five. Actually, bucks why or am something. I? I can't even take any of this down. Can you just send me his information? Because yeah, yeah, sure. I need. I need custom. Well, I don't know. I don't. I haven't talked to him in, since since okay. then. So, yeah. but I'm sure there's people if you. Put out a thing on Facebook. Yeah. Hey, where can I get fake fake things made? Boom, and you'll have twenty people tell you where to yeah. go. Um, but the going to Los Angeles, it was really great. It was like the the setting of that club was like uh, a wine cellar in a in a Mediterranean villa or something, mm-hmm. and and it would just had this really great feel to it, and. There was really good. I had some really good wine from Spain, mm-hmm. and I had um, some really good whiskey, and uh, definitely a little more upscale than just mm-hmm. going to a club. And yeah, and that's I kind of enjoyed that, and I and I you know kind of have determined that yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna afford myself of that mm-hmm. when, when I can. And well, and yeah, you should be giving you know your good hours to what you're passionate about and what makes you happy, not work. Like right. you know, like work is just a paycheck. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the uh, you know we're definitely going to Halloween and I can't wait for that. And, yeah. And because uh, we're not we haven't been out to a club for Halloween in mm-hmm. like I don't know if Danny and I have ever been to a club. You for guys Halloween haven't been ever. to Hex. Oh. No, we don't like... To, we usually do house parties on Halloween. Oh, okay. Um, we're not into clubbing because Danny doesn't like being out on Halloween night because drunk drivers and blah, blah, mm, blah. But, yeah, um, yeah. So we're going to go We're gonna go to this thing. Uh, you know, maybe, who knows? Maybe we'll Uber it. I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. but the... This is definitely something beyond a club experience. It's so... Yeah. it's It transcends that thing. Yeah. It's much more of an interactive kind of... Theatrical, stylized thing. It seems more like a high gothic, like ethereal sort of club. And I feel like Wasteland Weekend was just, you know, that level of like high club, but it was more industrial. Right, right, right. But it's it's conceptual, and and it's everybody. There's a there's kind of a collective agreement happening. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to a club. Yeah. Which anybody can walk into, and anybody just yeah, whatever. You're here, you're whatever, yeah. and you're either into it or you're not. But this thing, there's there's almost like this kind of unspoken agreement with it that you're kind mm-hmm. of in it and part of this interactive yeah. experience. Yeah, and that's what I found very different <laughs> and refreshing about it. And uh, can't plug it enough. Can't mm-hmm. say enough good things about it. Yeah. And even though it was, they were having kind of a a, a, a light night because of mm-hmm. all the other stuff that was going on in the city. It's still just it just 
it oozed mm-hmm. into the pores and, and really yeah. felt like you're part of something. Yeah. Oh, man. That's one thing I like about L.A. is, like, no matter what you're into here, no matter what your passion is, you can find other people who are just as into it as you are. Yeah. You yeah. know? Like, there's definitely something for everyone here. Well, the thing that about Lost Angels that reminds me, we used to have these, uh, like, dress up fancy wine and cheese parties at the house mm-hmm. where that my ex-wife and I lived in. We had this Victorian house from that was built in 1896. That sounds and, so cool. And we lived in this house and we would have these really fancy dress up um with black scroll invitations and mm-hmm. and we'd do fancy wine and cheese. We'd bake brie in the yeah. oven and and play classical music and and real uh, kind of ethereal goth music. I and want to go to candles. There. Yeah, we had these oh great parties and it was so great and it reminds mm-hmm. me of that and everybody just kind of delighted in the fanciness of it. It yeah. was it wasn't just throwing on black and going to a club. It was something yeah. different, something special. Yeah. And that's well, what Los Angeles reminds me of. I think the of. difference too is like, you know, when you and I go out to a club, we go out to dance. Mm-hmm. Like dancing is primary, but stuff like this, it seems like the the fashion and the pageantry right. and, and sure, playing sure. dress up well, is it's, primary. It's like it's like an LOJ or a myth mask or something yeah. like that, but on a smaller scale, more intimate yeah. version of that. Yeah. And I like that. So yeah. cuz everybody at everybody at LOJ Jason character. Everybody's mm-hmm. in a mask, you know, and and yeah. this is like being at a mosque, a mask, but <laughs> but but not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Your 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 whole being is mm-hmm. your mask. Is there dancing? Yeah, okay, I mean, okay. you can dance, but it's that's not the focus at all. It's okay. much more of a mingle, interact. Yeah. Um, that was kind of my, my reason for, you know, like not going to LOJ all the time is there wasn't enough dancing for me, but I'm definitely excited for Rise of the Wraiths and I want to go check it out and everything. Yeah. Um, It is on Halloween night, so you're going to have to commit your whole Halloween night to going to that. So, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm ready, I'm down. So, uh, but there's Friday night. I'm sure there's going to be a club thing Friday night. Yeah, a dancey thing. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. So, I just, um, I mean, you, you've known me for almost 10 years now. Like, if I, don't dance at least once a weekend like I will get anxious yeah, I will get yeah, cranky yeah. like it's it's bad it's yeah, bad I need yeah. that that physical release of yeah. dancing and and Victoria on the podcast was talking about that this is going to be like at a hotel somewhere maybe in Beverly Hills yeah, and, pool yeah. and maybe the mermaid well, and thing yeah and, she and I were, yeah. were talking about that and yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about that yeah. <laughs> so um, on top of that uh, we've been hitting up a lot of new stuff Media wise, okay, we've started watching uh, the new show, The Muppets, and it's oh, how is it? It's it, there's a lot of people out there complaining about it, okay, expecting the Muppet Show or expecting mm-hmm. kitty movie Muppet stuff, yeah. like you know, which the Muppets was ne- always kind of transcended the age thing. It never mm-hmm. was just a kids thing. It was always yeah. even and especially the the original Muppet Show was much more of a. It was a family thing. It was for mm-hmm. adults and children. There were things yeah. that, that adults would appreciate, and especially some of the guests that would be on there. And then there was stuff for, you know, the slapsticky, funny stuff for mm-hmm. the kids. This one is much more of a, um, you know, mockumentary style like The Office or like, um, uh, or, commu- or uh, um, not community, um, The Office or uh, Parks and Rec. It was okay. it's that kind of thing. You know, yeah. there's camera asides and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's, it's, behind the scenes of of uh, Miss Piggy's big, you know, late night talk show uh, <laughs> called Miss Piggy Tonight or something like that. And this is funny per- enough, Kermit. she's one of the only women doing a late night talk show Boom. and she's a muppet. There was something <laughs> that just absolutely totally fucking astounded me about it. We're watching it, the second episode and they were talking about in the, in the episode Miss Piggy's dating Josh Groban and becomes happier and less Miss Piggy like, mm-hmm. and, and well, that was the big thing was the the split between right, uh, right. Kermit yes. and Miss Piggy. That's definitely a, a, a focal point of uh, always a subplot of, yeah. of this show, and um, she's dating Josh Groban or something like that. But then Pepe, the little the the prawn, uh-huh. um, is always talking. It was talking about somebody being really really attractive some male actor and everybody just stopped and went and he goes he goes what gender is fluid and moved on i was like oh my god oh my god not only not only you know primetime network tv show also on abc fucking disney owned yeah abc you hear the 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 words gender is fluid and i'm like 
Wow. That's amazing. Wow. I was really <laughs> impressed by that. And yeah. but it's it's everything you love about the Muppets. It's the jokes, mm-hmm. it's the the Muppets just their they're just their physicality is silly and fun to watch mm-hmm. and, and and kind of brings up that nostalgia for you. Yeah. And um, like I'm part of the generation that like didn't get the Muppets, you know, like that that in between. Like I did Muppet Babies, that that was about it. Right. Oh, and like Muppets Take Manhattan. Like my or, parents showed me those movies. There was but, also like, a show on ABC, Muppets Tonight, which yeah. was another, you yeah. know, m- slightly more modern. I mean, Prince did an episode of Muppets Tonight. Oh, yeah. nice. You should go back and see that on YouTube if you can. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this is this is like everything you love about the Muppets. And if if you like the um, you know the kind of the office style mockumentary mm-hmm. you know side interview kind of thing as yeah. well, that that really works on multiple levels too. And mm-hmm. and then you have all the celebrities on the show playing themselves and interacting with them and acting like this is just part of the world. Like when yeah. when celebrities would show up to the Muppet Show yeah. and. It's it's that that thing of of who wouldn't want to go and play in that world. I mean, mm-hmm. it must but be the funnest goddamn show to be on because you're <laughs> surrounded by the Muppets and you're in yeah. there in that world and being part of that world and it's just yeah, it's just great and and <laughs> I like that of all the people, Miss Piggy is dating Josh Groban. Yeah, well, not anymore at the end of the well, no, spoilers, but near the end mm-hmm. of the episode, they kill it because it starts to affect the show. Oh. So it, it, it starts to like gotta mellow, put your work first. Starts mellowing out the show too much. And yeah. It, you know, she they have the the electric mayhem go acoustic and everyone's <laughs> falling asleep. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, it's great. I really start uh, really dug that. We also mm-hmm. watched the first episode of Doctor Ken, which is Ken Jong from yeah. Community and uh, the Hangover movies and from mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other stuff. He's hilarious. He is very very funny, and this is. And I was worried that this is going to be, okay, this is just going to be a sitcom, and he's just going to be playing Asian doctor, but he's being Ken Jeong. He's being, <laughs> he's being that extremely difficult, extremely bitchy, extremely mm-hmm. Ken Jeong character that he mm-hmm. is, that you love, and you've seen him be everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. He's completely ridiculous, completely over the top. He's wrong on all different levels. He mm-hmm. doesn't get how to human at all. Yeah. And well, but, and it's but, nice to see another Asian American family like on TV. Right. You know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Although, is off the boat. Fresh off the. Fresh boat? off the boat. Is that still know. on the air? I I don't know. I don't know if it went I caught a couple of episodes of that, and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. liked it. I hope it's still on the air. I haven't yeah. heard much about it, but yeah, this me one too. is good. Um, it does have a few Asian jokes in there, but they always kind of do that. But you get mm-hmm. the sense that, unlike Margaret Cho's show that she was on back in the 80s mm-hmm. or whatever, which wound up kind of leading to her stand-up career and kind of yeah. rallying against the system kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, you kind of get the sense that the show's kind of all built around Ken Jong's craziness and everybody mm-hmm. else is a straight man kind of thing. Yeah. Um, except... The one exception is Dave Foley, who Kids in the Hall and, oh, okay. and yeah, yeah. Uh, FM Radio or News Radio and mm. just everything else that you've ever seen him in. Love him, love him, love, love him. Plays the uh, white guy uh, hospital administrator, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, executive guy who. <laughs> is horribly racist and, and, you know, awful. And, you know, it's always just like, and he says something about, yeah, I'll bust your little Asian ass. And everybody wants to stop because, all right, everybody, as long as you don't report it, everybody gets two more vacation days, you know? (laughs) And he's just constantly kind of being caught being every time that he makes some kind of inappropriate mark, he gets called on it and it gets, you know, gets sanctioned for it in some fashion. So, um, but it's, uh, the show is really funny and he's got a wife and two kids mm-hmm. and one kid's really young and very artistic and yeah. the, uh, uh, the, uh, daughter it just got her driver's license. So there's that mm-hmm. whole, she's kind of a teen, teen, teen princess yeah. character. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the mom, uh, is, she's a professional as well. She's a, mm-hmm. a psychiatrist okay. and um, she's the sane one in the family. She's the mm-hmm. one who is always trying to talk Ken down off the ledge. So, or, yeah. uh, so it's, uh, I really like it. It's, it's really good and it is an ABC show and there's some stuff on there that really surprised me, mm-hmm. uh, that they said on there, 
uh, they end up going to a rave and talking about ecstasy and drugs, and there's huh. people there on drugs and stuff like that. And, yeah. and it was, um, it there were some things on there that really surprised yeah. me. The jokes that were made yeah. for being an ABC show yeah. on Network Primetime Network. So. Oh man, just back to Wasteland Weekend for a minute. <laughs> I was offered a lot of drugs. I'm sure you were. Yeah. And uh, talking to my tribe mates and other people who have been going to Wasteland for years, they said that's atypical. Um, but also, there's definitely a gender preference. Like, my male tribe mates were certainly not offered as many drugs as my female tribe mates. But, like, I was offered mushrooms. I was offered a lot of pot. I was offered a ridiculous amount of pot. Uh, at one point, I was offered ecstasy. Um, what else? I don't know. A, a lot of like the party drugs, but yeah, uh, apparently, like that's that's atypical for Wasteland Weekend. Hmm, Normally, okay. like there's well, I would imagine with all that around. metal and vehicles and armor and weapons <laughs> hanging around, they pro- you know alcohol. You know, yeah. there, there's foibles with that, but yeah. start throwing drugs into the mix, and, yeah. and that could really wind up disastrous. So. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, a couple people brought drugs. Like, um, you know, there were some people that I knew who specifically brought LSD, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, and that was another thing that was offered to me by friends, but, you know, I was like, no thanks, mm-hmm. fine with alcohol. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, I, I definitely don't want to be doing substances out in the middle of an environment that's actively trying to kill me. Sure, sure. sure you know? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, a lot of drugs. Oh, and I forgot to mention the bounty hunt. Oh, yeah, bounty Oh, my hunt. gosh, yeah. So, you know, again, I mentioned, like, every camp that's in the, in the inner city has to offer some sort of, like, activity or, or immersive thing, you know, that's that's interactive. And the Rust Devils do... A bounty hunt every year. Mm-hmm. So you can sign up online or you can sign up at the event and they take your picture. They put up a wanted poster, you know, and then um, it goes by tiers. And whatever tier you're in, you grab a poster, go find your person, and that's that. Mm-hmm. So um, for tier ones, you know, it's just rock, paper, scissors. Um, and then the higher you go on the tiers, the more challenging, you know, it is to bring your bounty in. Sure. Like uh, my tribe mate, Triage, he was tier four and he made this amazing spear like out of scrap metal for, you know, whoever happened to capture him. And his challenge was, if you want to take me in, you have to take a silver bullet, which means you had to chug a Coors Light faster than him. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having grown up in Colorado and been immersed and drowned practically in, in, <laughs> in, Coors, in uh, Coors products, it just... Yeah, like I said, you you have to take a silver bullet <laughs> to bring him in. So you had to really want to, so to this, get his. So is this uh, shotgun it or is this just chug it? Chug it. Uh, chug it straight. Chug okay. it. Yeah, and uh, the girl who came for him, you know, she she did the challenge, and uh, Dave was winning because he's like, you know, six foot two. He's like a taller guy, and I saw the girl who came after his bounty. She was tiny. Um, and he told me that, like, she was losing and, you know, he just wanted to get rid of the spear. So he, like, grabbed her cores and he was like, oh, no. And he, like, chugged the last of it for her. And, you know, he was like, you got me. <laughs> you know. But um, I had two different bounty hunters come for my head. And I was able to defeat them both in rock, paper, scissors. So... Um, the way that uh, the contest works is the Rust Devils give you a finger with your number on it, and you know if your bounty takes you, you give them their finger. So I got to keep my finger. That's that's a uh, a Fallout thing. The, the bounty yeah. is the you rip the finger off yeah. the dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of Fallout, Borderlands, sure, like sure. post-apocalyptic anything crossover. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I see. I didn't know that about about Wasteland. I thought it was purely Mad Max, but no, that, that, no. that makes a lot of sense that those mm-hmm. other things would be incorporated. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I defeated both my bounty hunters, um, so I got to keep my finger, and I'm eventually going to drill a hole in it and put it on my dog tags. Cool. Um, this is the other thing: is um, you know Tiffany from the Goth scene, friends with. Craig Dark Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so each tribe will give out trinkets. Like our tribe had custom bottle caps that said Dead Enders. Okay. You know, and they were obviously worth more than the other bottle caps because we only made like 50 or something and they were collectible. But Tiffany was giving out these little metal gas masks. And yeah. And it's just like, man, like we need to up our trinket game. Like we can't compete with this. Right. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, I was trying to think if there's something else. 
I haven't seen any movies, but I've... Um, there haven't really been a lot of movies coming out, but I'm stoked I for s- Crimson Peak. Yeah, Crimson oh Peak is, is probably the next one that's coming out. I think that comes out mid-October, right? Uh, October 7th or 8th. Oh, yeah, so yeah. that's I'm, I'm going to go soon. see it that's that weekend. This week, this like, week, oh my gosh, so I can't weekend. wait. So, um, um, and you saw the thing, uh, Tom Hiddleston specifically said that he wanted a nude scene in the movie right, right. to kind of even out you know, the gender balance. Right. So he did it for feminism, yeah. for the cause. <laughs> He's he's not the hero we deserve, somebody but he's definitely a, the hero we need. Somebody posted a not so nice article about that whole thing online. I don't remember what their what their point was about what? that. It was well, they were saying that that in, instead of making that as a gesture, why not speak out about the the sexism of blah blah blah? I guess, like but from everything I read, this was something that he initiated mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he wanted to do. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so again, like. It is him doing it for the cause. Sure. Like, you know, sure. he's gone on record saying, like, yeah, there's not enough male nudity. So it's sort of one of those things where, like, he volunteered his tribute. Right. Why does anyone have a problem with it? If, if I agree. I mean, I, you know, I, you know it, and at the same time, this this last week, uh, Helen Mirren decided to stop doing nude scenes at yeah. age 70. And, and I'm like, great. So do whatever, you know, do yeah. your body, do what you want. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, We'll just have to survive with her body of nude nude work up to this point. Um, I mean, we had oh darn. how many years? Yeah, go, yeah. <laughs> see Caligula, you pretty much see everything. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I thought that was really cool of her to come out and just go, nope, not going to do it anymore. Whatever. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But still have a mad huge crush on her no matter mm-hmm. what. So right. and she she has. I feel like she has. There's so much that, that her doing nude scenes was just a tiny component of her yeah. overall work and her acting chops and yeah. her being able to. I mean, really... she's just an amazingly talented actress, yeah. and yeah. like the fact that she's nude is like maybe like a tiny little pinch of icing sure. on that sure. amazing like talent cake, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I don't I don't understand why anyone would have a problem with it. I mean, if Tom Hiddleston wants to be naked, like by all means, let him be naked. Right, right. He's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, you know? I mean, that's the thing. Since since Ewan McGregor started doing Star Wars movies, we're not seeing his peen anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and he yeah. used to be like Mr. Peen and everything. Oh yeah, like uh, what was it? Velvet Goldmine. Velvet Goldmine. Yeah. Uh, tra- uh, t- uh, train spotting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was you know always. Yeah. Any excuse to get it out, he was getting yeah. it out on camera. I, I mean, so. it's it's their hot bodies. If right. they want to gift the world with yeah. them, like yeah. by all means. Yeah, and I've always thought that you know why why is there this such this this anti you know anti male nudity thing in in movies? And I don't and I I get it because sexism, but it just always seemed kind of silly. Yeah. Well, again, with Wasteland Weekend and their rules, like I think they specifically said you know like you can't like show, you know, full frontal male nudity because, like, I know that there are some people who, like, they just don't want to see that. And there are more people who don't want to see dick than there are more people who don't want to see, like, full frontal female nudity. Right, right. Like, it's it's somehow more acceptable, like, I don't Well, I, don't I mean, know. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean... I mean, obviously, I'm mostly straight, so <laughs> I... I would much rather look at naked women than naked men. I don't yeah. mind seeing naked men, but yeah. from a from a from a creating an atmosphere of safety kind of mm-hmm. aesthetic standpoint, I can see why, you know, I could definitely see the appreciation for a rule like that. The mm-hmm. the, the not even necessarily need, but but just oh, a yeah, a, like a safety. Like you're just all out there, right. like vulnerable, and there's right. rust and fire. Well, and, yeah, but it, and I'm not yeah. even talking about that. I'm talking about from a safety of of women. I'm oh, talking yeah, yeah. About, you know uh, of, but it, it, just that whole thing of you don't of, want it imposed on you, right? It's yeah. it's it it can be oppressive. Male mm-hmm. nudity can be oppressive yeah. for for women. Because we have to deal with it so much in You're our daily lives. You're getting it slung at you all the time. Now yeah. you have to look at it as well. I get that, too. And, you know, I can't imagine that anybody would be like, Oh, it's not fair. We have to walk around <laughs> naked. Why can't we? 
<laughs> but it's like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But especially, like, if you're in some kind of costume and, you know, you basically only have that out, then you're like, mm-hmm. look at it. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what Andrew and, all, and I have always talked about with shirt, the whole shirt cocking thing. It's like, mm-hmm. if you're going to walk around completely, if you're a dude, you're going to walk around completely naked, fine. Mm-hmm. I can I can gloss over that. I can see you as a whole just wall of flesh as a person. Mm-hmm. But if you're wearing a shirt and... You know, and no, nothing on in the bottom. Yeah. Then if you're shirt cocking, then it's like, look at my dick. Yeah. You know? And you it, can, it is you can imposing fi- it on other right. people. You're completely naked. You can kind of filter that out as like a whole blob thing. Yeah. Just not, you know, <laughs> Give just them like looking you right in the eyes. <laughs> right. Just looking you right in the eyes. But shirt, peen, it's like, you're saying, look at it. And mm-hmm. and I get that. And, and it's, you know, uh. So, so the wasteland, but yeah, and I didn't, hadn't even thought of the thing that you suggested, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff hazardous sticking out. Materials. Has, hazardous material that could wind up, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, there were, snagging a ween or, you know. Yeah, there were a lot of guys in like loincloths mm, or like, sure. you know, the Lord Humongous, like leather speedo. Th- I don't, you know what I'm talking about. I yep. don't know what to call it. Yep. You know, but yeah, Loin cloth. You know, you know, yeah, or ball bag. like ball bag works, yeah, yeah, leather yeah. studded ball bags, yeah, pouch, spiky yeah. pouches right, and right, things, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to, to Peen Talk. talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Even while you were away, every single episode there was a welcome to Blank Talk. You know, yeah. that's kind of become one of our things. This should be on our on our uh, yeah. podcast bingo well, I card. I feel like I feel like we always have like workout talk and dick talk. Right, sure. Like those are the two concurrent sure. subjects sure. we seem to keep hitting. <laughs> um. Still haven't seen Jane the Virgin, um, oh but there, there's so many things. We we actually spent because of Halloween mm-hmm. being that you know being Halloween month, being October, we uh, we've been catching up on the strain, yeah. and we're three. I think they just had the they just showed the season finale last night, mm-hmm. and so we're catching up with that. We did catch the third episode, new episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. The, so far this season of Doctor Who is just amazing. I'm so behind again because I was amazing. prepping for yeah. Wasteland Weekend, yeah. but I'm excited to see how uh, Maisie Williams fits in. It's ha- we haven't seen her yet. I think yeah. I think she's later on in the season. Um mm-hmm. but the 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 first two episodes were a cliffhanger. The third mm-hmm. episode is a cliffhanger. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's another two-parter. Yeah. Uh, and it's written by Toby Whithouse. Whithouse? Whithouse. Whithouse? Mm-hmm. Whitmore? Whithouse? Whithouse. <laughs> Who wrote... Um, oh, geez. He, he's written a lot of really big episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and... This one is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I do I do want to, again, you know, impose upon you, watch Jane the Virgin, because uh-huh, it won uh-huh. some Emmys, it won a Peabody, Peabody Award. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's got amazing yeah. awards, and it, it is yeah. in my queue of things to mm-hmm. watch. It's just that we... And season two is starting up. So. Before we started um, talking about it, we had started watching all these other shows, and we're trying mm-hmm. to get them finished. We're still gotcha. wrapping up. We're finally wrapping up season six of Community. Yeah. Uh, we have, like, four more episodes of that. We have four more episodes, three, four more episodes of The Strain. So mm-hmm. once we get that through those, then we'll, yeah. we'll be able to do Jane the Virgin. Yeah. So. I'm just, I'm so excited it's October. I'm so excited it's fall. And again, yeah. you know, the high holy day of our people yes. is coming. Yes, um, yes. But... I also am just excited that there's tons of horror movies out there and on TV and coming to Netflix because, like, all I ever want to do in October is cuddle and watch horror movies, you know? Like, whoever I'm dating, even if I'm just casually dating or, like, you know, friends with benefits, it's like, yo, just come over and watch horror movies with me. Like, let's just cuddle and watch horror movies. Netflix and chill is Netflix and chill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I will be there in my PJs eating vegan Nutella, like, straight from the jar with a spoon, (laughs) you know? But it's like, come over and cuddle with me and watch horror movies. Like, that's all I want to do in October. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we've been wanting to... Uh, I had one downloaded, but then the sound was bad on it. So, yeah. But I, there, I have a whole shit ton of horror movies. Um, and I was, Oh, I recently watched uh, It Follows. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, it's an interesting premise. It's like this demon, you know, follows you, but it's like an STD. Like, you get it from sleeping with someone who has it, hmm. you know? And I, I don't want to go into any more than that, because it'll Sexually be, like, Sexually transmitted spoilerific. demon? Yes. <laughs> yes. The, one of the worst kinds of STDs that you can pick up, unless you know how to 
deal with demons and, you know, yeah. you have a copy of the Lesser Keys of Solomon and blah, blah, blah. Welcome to Occult Talk. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that on uh, Black Tape's podcast. They're getting ready to wrap up their first season. And it's, oh, nice. It's been really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm right in the middle of episode 11 right now, and uh, we're still hoping to have them on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, It Follows wasn't the best horror movie I've seen. It's it's nowhere near that. But it was fun and it was mm-hmm. good, especially, you know, with how disappointing some modern horror movies can be. Like, I'm not a fan of gore porn. Like, right. I don't like Saw. I don't like Hostel or mm, anything no. like that. Like, you know, if, if there's going to be gore in my movie, I want it to, you know, fit in with the plot and, and make sense. Like, right. I don't need gore for gore's sake. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know... Glad Eli Roth has a career. Glad there's somebody out there doing stuff creatively and, mm-hmm. and doing their thing. But it's yeah. yeah, it's not for me. It's yeah, not my thing exactly. Either, so. it's, it's not my cup of tea. Right. I like horror movies with a plot. But uh, yeah, it follows is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you know. There's a new horror movie coming out this Christmas called Krampus, and I really want to see that. <gasps> yes, it really looks good. Yes. It looks it looks like one of, a kind of a tongue in cheek one, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, and it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there's, well, and Adam Scott's in it. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's something else. There's another one too that comes coming out. I don't remember what it is now, but we saw it and kind of went, "Ooh, that looks good." But, yeah, I'm um, stoked for Krampus. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, movies-wise, I totally missed the boat on Man from Uncle. It's one of those movies I was completely excited about seeing and never got to the movies to see it. Yeah. And we're just going to have to wait for it to come out, be released on video or yeah. get on the internet. But it, it, and they're, so I guess, yeah, Crimson Peak is the next big movie. And then, of mm-hmm. course, um, um, Spectre and Star Wars and yeah. Krampus. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anything out you're recommending now? I'm in the middle of like oh, three man. books right now, so um, Wasteland Weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that one as read. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm still reading Greg Proop's smartest book in the world. I just uh, I have so little time to read. I'm also mm. still reading John Cleese. So anyway, and I just got Kelly Carlin's. <laughs> I just got Kelly Carlin's Carlin Home Companion. Growing mm-hmm. up with uh, George Carlin and. Uh, that's really good. There's been a lot of really good positive support for her book online, yeah. and I'm really happy to see that. Yeah, that's um, great. Been getting a lot of really great positive interactions on Twitter and stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Somebody the other day, I had one interaction where somebody was trying to accuse me of when we had this other fucking horrible shooting happen in, in another shooting happen um, in Oregon and, and saying, you know, the, uh, applauding the decision of the local police to not mention the, the suspect's name. And to say, let's not publish their name. Let's mm-hmm. let's you know talk about the victims and their families. And I supported that. Yeah. And somebody tried to accuse me of being racist. It's like, oh, you don't want to hear because they're um, not white and a Muslim. I'm like, dude, you don't know me at Were all. Were they even Muslim? I, like, I don't know, and I don't care what the yeah. race or whatever of the of the shooter was. Yeah. Um, all but I heard was tra- that he was an MRA. Like they were trying to right, right. activist. They were trying to um, accuse me of of being racist, and I'm like. <laughs> You don't know me. You have no mm-hmm. context for what you just said. Yeah. I don't. I never advocate releasing the name of anyone who's a mass shooter. Mm-hmm. So fuck off and block. You're blocked. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I just uh, that that was kind of like my first uh, first kind of Twitter troll I've had to run. And so far, Twitter oh, wow. for me has been a very very positive experience. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and especially after after uh, Podfest. I made a lot of new Twitter followers, and um, we've got a, a, a fair number of listens in, on the podcast. And um, Bonnie Gordon, who was on one of the uh, very, very early on, she seems so nice. She reached out to me and said hi, like, "Oh, sorry, I missed you on the episode." And I was like, "I was busy running around playing Apocalypse right, in the desert right. in a spiked bra." Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie Gordon is on. Um, uh, she and Xander are in this uh, are in the library bards, and I keep trying to have mm-hmm. them both back on. Uh, they were just on Dork Forest with Jackie Cation. Oh, okay. Um, at I think they're at some convention this weekend yeah, or yeah. something. And uh, or I'd love to meet them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bonnie's a delight. I met her through Andrew at at um, uh, karaoke. Uh, oh, Andrew. okay. Yeah, yeah. Two different yeah. people. But okay. Shannon, that was nice of her to reach out. Yes. Shannon's awesome. Yeah. Shannon and I have actually become good friends. Oh, we're, nice. We've been chatting a lot and stuff. Nice. So, um, yeah. Uh, She's really cool, and I'm I'm plugging her her stand up show coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's doing a stand up show uh, at the Comedy Store on October twenty fourth. I want to say okay, and um, 
So yeah, and there's, a, and, I actually put I put up a that. blog post and uh, for people to be able to uh, go and use a uh, uh, a. Uh, um, prod, a promo code and get a mm-hmm. discount on the tickets. Oh, awesome. So. Yeah, definitely have to make it to that. Yeah, yeah. that's the weekend my dad's in town and we're going to get him to go to the show as well. Nice. So nice. I'm hoping to try and... My dad's coming to town the weekend of uh, the 23rd, 24th, that, that mm-hmm. weekend of October, the weekend before Halloween. And I'm hoping to find some kind of open mic or stand-up thing for me to do while he's here yeah, so he can, yeah. he can see me do stand-up. And uh, Dad's most likely going to be a guest on the podcast. So nice. that will be really fun. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll try and watch my language. <laughs> oh, no, like you that. don't have to. No, okay. no you don't have to. <laughs> um, so um, if there's – you got Wasteland. I uh, recommended yeah. those books and oh, uh, The Muppets and Dr. Ken. One last recommendation. Um, having recently had one of my bras uh, spiked, mm-hmm. like put spikes on it, I recommend mm-hmm. that every woman do that <laughs> because, one, it is comfortable, and, two, it is so empowering. Like, walking around in that thing, I'm like, just come at me. Just fucking come at me, you know? <laughs> like, it's great, and it's it's super comfy, and it, it makes me feel good. So, you know, women out there, like... At least once in your life, have spikes put on a bra. Yeah. That's that's my recommendation for cool. this week. Cool, <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, go ahead and uh, plug your stuff. Okay. Well, you can find me as always on Facebook as Kitty Brown. I'm on Twitter as Kitty Brown, and I'm on Instagram as Black Magic Woman, and that's magic with a K at the end. So. Yeah, and you can find my uh, graphic designs, as always, at kittybrowndesigns.com. Cool. I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. I'm underscore St. Michael on Instagram. Uh, You can find us online as something2xp. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Check out our blog. Please listen to past episodes on WordPress. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your hosts, Michael John Simpson and Kitty Brown. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us everywhere online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and WordPress. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.